Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is October 11th, 2023. We continue our series, Words for Life, and the word for the day is vineyard. Now, many times in Scripture, the kingdom of God is compared with a vineyard. So we're going to talk about vineyards today and that word to us. But let's begin with some questions. What kind of people reject the kingdom? What are the characteristics of people who bear fruit? What are the characteristics of people who do not bear fruit? What is your and my responsibility in the kingdom? Now, we begin these questions, and now let's, let's put it in some context here. People in our world today are searching for something to connect with. People really want to identify with who they are and what they are about. That's why so many times people will seek out a group to be a part of. Now, in our culture today, it is commonplace to say, I'm not seeking out a group while they seek out a group. It's popular to not be a group in a group. In other words, these, there are people grouped together and then they claim to not be in a group because that's part of that rebellious seeking out of an identity is they want to be different, but they all want to be the same. And we see some of this. That's why in, in cities and in places, uh, a lot of young people are attracted to gangs because of the uh, disconnection from their families, and a gang will offer that. It's the same way with political activism. I don't necessarily want to say political parties, but you, you see so many people today, they're getting into these environmental groups, or they're getting into other types of political groups where they're going out and they're demonstrating, some of them peaceful, some of them violent, um, and they're becoming more radicalized in, in this, and in, in their activism. But it's because these groups are providing them with a way to connect and they're trying to find their identity in those things and what they are about and what they can do. And of course, all, obviously cults have often preyed on people that are searching for something to connect with. All people need a place we need a place to belong we need a place that allows us to discover and become who we are unfortunately the world has a way of trying to deceive people and make them into what it perceives or desires of them and that leaves us to a vineyard I know, what does vineyard have to do with identity? 
that the kingdom of God is often compared with a vineyard. And a, and a vineyard is a, a, I'm going to try and describe it, and I don't want to be too worldly about it, but let's just, you know, it's a place that a, a, a person is growing grapes, and, and these grapes are being produced uh, so that they can make a wine. And there's a lot of connection that goes on in a vineyard because you're looking for good plants and you're trying to do some things with that. And ultimately, as a vineyard is known for its the wine that it produces, God's kingdom is sort of the same way. Uh, God's people come to connect, but they also come to produce a fruit and not a wine, but an anointing that makes a difference in life. And God's connection is something that people not only need to just hear about, but they need to experience. They need to experience what does it mean to be a part of God's family. Now, let's look at our scriptures. And of course, this year I'm reading through the uh, lectionary readings. And so today we're going to look at three scriptures. We're going to begin with Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. It reads, Now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. He built towers in its midst, and he also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? And now please tell me what I will do to my vineyard. Will I take away its hedge? Shall it be burned? Shall I break down its wall and shall it be trampled down? I will lay it waste, and it shall not be pruned or dug, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain, no rain on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of the host is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant plant. He looked for justice, but behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, a cry for help. Now, we see from this passage that God has taken meticulous care in creating his vineyard he's cleared the land he's removed stones he's made sure there's fertile soil he's planted not just any vines but the choicest vines he's, he's found the best ones he can uh, he's built watchtowers and walls and even a wine press i mean he he's even asked a question i've done Everything, what more could I possibly do? And yet, the crop is bad. The crop is bad. Now, something interesting with that term wild grapes. I know when we read it in English and we think of wild grapes, we think of maybe just a, a plant that wasn't a domestic plant. But the term here in the Hebrew really means stinking things. A wild grape in the Hebrew term means stinking things. So he planted these choice vines and he expected their fruit to be this, these great grapes full of flavor and robustness. And instead he gets this 
stinking thing. That's that's the fruit. And I, I love that, getting into that a little bit, because why do some people have such stinky lives? They produce such stinky fruit. And of course, fruit is the product of that thing that comes out of your heart. Last year, I, I taught on the heart, and we talked about the seeds that you plant in your heart. Because God is asking the question, why can't I grow a good crop? That's almost like you and I asking, God can't grow a good crop? Is this something God can't do? Well, you see, it comes down to this really idea of seeds. There's a lot of parables, a lot of teaching on seeds. And you see, if you and I are bad seeds, if we allow our hearts to fester into sin, it will produce a stinking thing in our lives. And then God is left with this, what shall I do? He says, I'll take away a hedge. That's this, this barrier of protection. He's asking, should I take that away? Shall I just burn it up? Shall I trample it down? Shall I lay it waste? And he goes, there's going to come up briars and thorns. Now we're talking about seeds and briars and thorns. Again, I taught on this parable a year ago, parable of the sower. But briars and thorns that come, these are the cares of the world. They choke out your faith. These, these, these are seeds that spring up and they don't produce fruit. They're things that the Lord pulls up and burns. And then, of course, he says, I'm not going to send any rain on it. We need the rain of the Holy Spirit. But there's these vineyards that can become very stinky. Now, I can comment more, but let's let's look at the next passage in the lectionary that help expand this. This is in Matthew chapter 21, verses 33 through 46. Jesus is speaking, and he says, Hear another parable. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. And he leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. Now when the vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they might receive its fruit. And the vine dresser took his servants, beat one, killed one, stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did likewise to them. Then, last of all, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the vine dressers saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. So they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, the owner of the vineyard comes. What will he do to the vine dressers? They said to him, He will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers, who will render to him the fruits of their seasons. And then Jesus said to them, "You have, have you never read the scriptures? The stone which the builder rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on the stone will be broken." But on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Now when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard this parable, they perceived that he was speaking of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitudes because they took him for a prophet. 
again, we're getting more insight. The first part of this parable almost reads like the passage from Isaiah where God is speaking about his vineyard. And here's this parable about a certain landowner went and, and planted a vineyard, set a hedge around it. He's protecting it, dug a wine press, built towers. He took care of his vineyard. He wanted to see it produce a fruit. He goes away and he he gives it to vine dressers, people that was going to work it. And when the vintage time, when the harvest grew near, he sent people to get it. But the, the people that were working it, they they beat those that came to to get the harvest and they killed them and finally he sends a son and of course this is a prophetic message about Jesus coming they said let's let's let's, let's kill him let's seize him and then of course he goes what's going to happen to these vine dressers and they said to him now who's the they verse 41 says and they said to them he will destroy these wicked men miserably well these are the chief priests and the Pharisees and then when Jesus, have you not read the scriptures? And then in verse 45, it says, says the chief priests and the Pharisees, they perceived that he was speaking of them. Why they could perceive he's speaking of them, did they give the own answer that you're going to come and get us? But you see, that's the spirit of religion. And for the last two years in doing these podcasts, I've taught a lot about this religious spirit. I feel it has gripped our nation. It grips a large part of the world. But it has blinded so many people in the church. And we're talking about the church is like a vineyard. And God's people, you know, my heart is to see God's people love the Lord, be built up, trained, and and, and built up in their faith so that they can be fruitful disciples. I mean, that, that's my heart. And and it and it, it I I feel this burden because there's so many people in God's church, they're like these Pharisees, they're like chief priests. And see, it's very easy for them to hear the parable and say, oh, you're going to burn them up because they believe that's everybody else. But then when Jesus says, well, therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you. Now they perceive he's talking to them and they hate him for it. And that's that's the same thing with, with, with people that have this religious spirit. They're very judgmental. But the minute they realize, wait a minute, this judgment is on me, they become very belligerent and hateful especially those that bring it to them, like, what? What do you mean I'm this way? And they they want to attack you, sometimes physically. It's pretty crazy. But notice that Jesus says that, therefore, what? The kingdom of God will be taken from you, given to another nation. It goes, and whoever falls on this stone, of course, he's talking about the gospel. He's talking about Jesus. He is the rock. You will be broken. We all have to fall upon our face before the Lord. We have to fall at the foot of the cross. We have to fall upon the rock of Jesus. And we have to be broken for our sin. We have to see that we have not produced what God wants to produce in our life. None of us have. I haven't. You haven't. None of us have. And and, and we should be broken about that. And we should fall upon the Lord. Because when you fall upon the mercy of God, you receive mercy. But if you don't, it says what? It, it says that whomever it falls, in other words, there's a day coming when the rock of Jesus is going to fall on you. 
and it will grind him to powder. You see, if we don't bow willfully, there will come a day when we will be forced to bow. And that forcing is going to grind us to powder because we face judgment. We're like these vine dressers. There's going to be a day when 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 Jesus returns and there's going to be things that will be held into account. See, I'll pause here for a minute. I'm, yes, I'm gathering my thoughts. And on a podcast, you would think I could just, you know, edit this. And there is editing that goes in, but I, I try to leave this podcast as raw as possible. I'm not the greatest speaker in the world. I like many of you, I have my uhs and ahs and. But I, I'm trying to be as real as I can be when I speak. And you see, a right relationship with God helps us to produce good fruit. Sometimes being broken helps us to see the stinking stuff that we have so that we can go to the Lord and receive forgiveness and allow the Spirit of God to produce the fruit in us that needs to be produced. But you see, if we're producing bad fruit, it's because we have a bad relationship. And likewise, people with bad relationships produce bad fruit. There are many scriptures that say, you'll know a tree by its fruit. See, there's a thing that the world and religion likes to do. They like to say, don't judge me. The scripture says, don't judge. And that's true. Judging would be when I look at your stinking fruit and I say, you're going to go to hell um, and I make judgment on your eternal destination. I'm not the judge of your eternal destination. However, I can see stinking fruit is stinking fruit. That's not judgment. That's just seeing it for what it is. You know what sort of a tree you have based on its fruit. Bad fruit means bad tree. Bad trees come from bad seeds. I've taught about some of these things. That's not judging that's called discernment. You're able to discern right from wrong. And as far as judging goes, we have these scriptures here that are warnings. It's warning. It's not judging to say, listen, the Lord says that, you know, when the vine dresser comes back, if you've got stinking fruit, he's going to rip it all out. It's going to get burnt with the thorns and the weeds. As a person that's caring for the vineyard, a person that's working in the vineyard, if you're not doing this to produce and give the owner his harvest, he's going to come for you. There's a, there's, there's, there is a day of accounting that is coming. Now, again, these are parables. These are the church is the vineyard. The world is not the vineyard. The church is the vineyard. God's people are the vineyard. We need to be checking ourselves. Am I producing good fruit? Am I being a good steward? Am I helping others produce the fruit that God has called them to? I should be concerned with this. You know, I would so like to talk about where we're living in a day when prophecies are coming. And of course, as of this day, Israel is at war. They've declared war. There's not been a many wars declared. They've had lots of operations and things like this, but this this is a war. This is different, and 
Is this the beginning of one of these prophetic wars? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But it is a moment in time when we should pause and go, where are we in this prophetic in time moment? Are we about to move into a season where the Lord may be coming soon in my life? That, that should spur us on to look at ourselves. What sort of fruit are we producing? Now, before I get ahead of myself, let's look at our last scripture, Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 14. Paul is writing and he says, Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost with the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, through righteousness, which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Man, I love the back part of that scripture. It just gets me all fired up, pressing for the call, pressing forward. But here we have Paul, and and just he he begins off by talking about if anyone was going to be confident in their flesh, if anyone wants to have a religious spirit and really be proud of their abilities to work and, and 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 present themselves before the Lord based on their works. Paul says he could do it. He should have confidence. Um more so than any of you us, you or me. He says he was circumcised on the eighth day. He was the stock of Israel. That means the lineage, the bloodline, the you know, if you're a rancher, um I know some people that, you know, they they like to do the the show cows and the stuff like this. Um, some people that, that breed horses, whether it's for, you know, racing or thoroughbreds or during the, what stock is it from? Paul said, I'm from the best stock. I'm from the chosen stock. I am from the tribe of Benjamin. I am a Hebrew of Hebrews. When it comes to what I believe, I am a Pharisee. As far as zeal, he persecuted it. He, he killed people in the church. He killed people in the church because he didn't think they'd follow the law of Moses. He said, when it comes to the law, all those all those 600 plus laws, and he said, I was perfect. I was blameless in all of them. Of course, when he says blameless, we have to understand he had broken them. But as a religious Pharisee, he says what the spirit of religion does. It makes you think you haven't broken any of them. 
and that you're perfect. And Paul says, that's what I thought I was. But then he goes on and says, and all this stuff that I thought I'd gained through this religion, this religious life, he goes, I count it as lost. It was in vain. It's a loss. It means nothing. Everything, he realized that everything is about Jesus. He would give it all up to know about Jesus. To have his righteousness found not in some religious act, but in faith in Jesus. And you see, for you and I, if we don't want stinking fruit, we need to put our faith, our, our fruit, our righteousness needs to come out of this faith in Jesus that we can know his power of his resurrection. Have fellowship with him. Be conformed to him, even in his death. Now listen, God's not asking us to be martyrs and go out and die, but we need to die to our own desires and lift up others before ourselves. I read that last week about we should treat others better than we treat ourselves. And Paul goes on and says that he hasn't already attained it. He hasn't reached perfection, but he's pressing on. He's pressing on. I've got, he hasn't already attained the resurrection from the dead. In other words, he hasn't yet died and had Jesus risen him up yet. You know, you and I, I'm speaking and you're listening to this. We have not had that happen to us either. But we're pressing on to lay hold of what Jesus has promised. And I like, I love that. The goal, what's the prize? It's the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And you see, he wants you and I to bear fruit. He's calling us forward. And church, this is, this is, this is a challenge to us to be a strong vine, to be a good seed, a strong vine, to bear fruit, to be faithful to the Lord. You know, let's go back and just sort of review these real quickly. Isaiah talks about the, the vineyard and the challenge to think about whether or not we're going to be producing good fruit. Matthew talks about being a caretaker in the vineyard. And we need to consider, am I being a good steward of what God's entrusted me? And then here in Philippians, Paul's pointing out that, man, Jesus needs to be the first preeminent thing in our life. And we need to press forward, press forward in that call. So, what has God entrusted you with? Have you succeeded with what he's entrusted you with? Are you struggling with it? What have you learned about producing fruit? You know, there's a lot of people, they, they don't even know how to produce fruit. What have you learned? And of course, the big one on top of all these is, are you prepared to move forward in your vineyard, the vineyard that God has put you in. This message, I hope, is encouraging not to put you down, but to encourage us to press forward. Yes, none of us are perfect. I look at my life and my ministry. I mean, I could I could brag about things, but, you know, there's a lot of things I look at. And I go, God, I feel like I failed you here. God, I, I'm not doing a good enough job here. Lord, there's, there's so much more I could be here. Lord, sometimes I feel, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm so lazy. I could, I could just exert more here. But, you know, God is merciful. We throw ourselves on his mercy because it's not about what I can do. 
It's about putting my faith in him and pressing on. See, I love that. Just like Paul, leave your past behind, grab hold of the Lord and press forward. Are we prepared to do that? I, I want to press forward. I encourage you to press forward. We may be living in the very last days and there are people that they need to meet Jesus and you are the fruit that they need. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you love us, that you're calling us, that you're challenging us with this message, that we should press on to the upward call of Jesus Christ, Lord, that everyone hearing this, they have a call upon their life. And God, I pray that you would just stir them, stir them, God, to seek that out, God. Help them to learn how to produce fruit, God. Help them, God, to stretch out and grow into the goodness and the good things that you have. Lord, anoint them by your spirit in these days. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we thank you for listening to this podcast. You can check out about our ministry, about our other teachings at www.christianimpact.net. Feel, feel free to uh, drop us a message. In our, on our, we have a contact page. Um, you can email us. There's, there's, there's lots of ways you can get a hold of us. You know, if, if, if you don't have a church family, I, I recommend you find one. If you need training, we have a school of ministry. We provide free tra- training. Get a hold of us. And until next time, God bless. Yeah.